And I'm excited about this series, Dangerous Exchange. Dangerous Exchange. We all make exchanges, and some are dangerous. There, there was a, an elderly lady, and she, she went to church and uh, loved to go to church. And, and as she was getting up in years, she wanted just to spend a little time in fellowship with her pastor and his wife. And so she, she invited the pastor and his wife over and just said, would you, would you come over and, and hang out with an, an old lady and just hang out with me and talk and fellowship? And they said, well, sure, we would love to. And, and so they nailed down the date. And, and they, so they showed up at the, at, at the lady's home. And as they, they got there, the, the, the door was open, but, but the screen door was shut and locked. And so they started knocking on the door. And, and the lady heard them knocking. She said, hey, 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 I'm, I'm going to come unlock this screen door. And she unlocked it and said, come on in and make yourself comfortable. I'm not done cooking yet. And so she went back in the kitchen and, and started cooking, and, and they, they sat down on the, on, on, the, on the furniture in the living room and just began to talk to one another, the husband and wife. And the husband noticed some, some peanuts on the coffee table, and so he just helped himself and started eating those peanuts and ate them all up. And, and the lady walked into the living room from the kitchen, and just to check on them, she said, can I get you all something to drink? And the wife said, no, I'm, I'm okay. I, I don't need anything to drink. And, and the husband said, you know what? I could really use some water. I hope you don't mind. I just ate all those peanuts that were on the table. She said, Pastor, I don't mind at all. I'm getting up in years, and because of my dentures, I just suck all the chocolate off those peanuts and leave the rest in the bowl. That's nasty. I'm a germaphobe. I can barely tell that joke. It's nasty. It's nasty. Not everything is as it appears. And friends, the devil is the best at making nasty things appear good. I mean, the, 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 our adversary, the devil, he's the best at making nasty things appear good. And let, let me show you how he operates in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 13. It says, these people are false prophets, false teachers. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Not everything is as it appears. But I am not surprised, Paul tells the church at Corinth. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Not everything is as it appears. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. You see, the devil's greatest weapon against us is deception. He has so many disguises. He, he has multiple PhDs in deception. He loves to make the truth look like a lie and a lie look like the truth. He, he's, a, he's the master of masters when it comes to deception. Here's what the scripture says in Revelations chapter 12 and verse number 9. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world. Did you catch that? He, he's, he's deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all, with all his angels, referring to years ago when the devil was kicked out of heaven down to the earth. And, and one of the, the devil's greatest techniques that he, he uses is he turns God's statements into questions. 
He turns facts into maybes. He loves to put a question mark where God has put an explanation point. Let me give you a couple of examples of how the enemy, how the enemy works. In, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 2, this is when Jesus went on a 40-day fast. And it says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. It said, the tempter came to him and said, if you are, notice those three words, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. If you are the son of God, there's no if. He is the son of God. But the enemy loves to put a question mark where God has put an explanation point. He loves to turn truth into maybes. He loves to start, start sowing doubt into our minds. Are you sure? Is God really right? Do you really believe that? He also did this with Eve in the book of Genesis. I want you to notice this in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? You must not eat from any tree in the garden. You know, I, I refer to this portion of Scripture probably a couple of times a year. And I, if you, this is your first time and you never got to see me interpret a, this portion of Scripture as a snake, you're in for a wonderful sermon today. <laughs> did, did, did God really say, say, say mama, say sweet thing? Did God really say, and he put a question mark where God had put an explanation point? He turned a statement into a question. He is so deceived. And what I want to do today is I want to expose three ways the devil deceives us into exchanging the truth for a lie. I want to expose his lies because, listen, if you fall for the devil's lies, you will be eating peanuts with the chocolate already sucked off. It's not good, folks. If you fall into his lies and exchange the truth for a lie. Let's expose three of his deceptions. Number one is this. Temporary pleasure won't have permanent consequences. Well, one of the key ways the enemy deceives us into exchanging the truth for a lie is he gets us focused on the pleasure instead of the pain. He gets us focused on the reward instead of the regret. He gets us focused on the moment Instead of the mountain that our poor decision will create, he gets us focused on the fun instead of the great future that God has for us. And the devil came to Jesus after he had been fasting for 40 days and for 40 nights. He said, turn those stones into bread. I know you're hungry. It's rather interesting that the enemy 
knows how to attack us in our weak areas. I've noticed this about myself. The enemy knows how to traffic my weak areas. He knows how to set traps up in my weak areas. And he catches Jesus when he's hungry, he's lonely, he's tired, and he says, hey, hey, turn those stones into bread. Get you something to eat. Enjoy some food. You deserve it. There won't be any consequences. Friends, can I tell you the worst way to break a fast is by obeying the devil. I mean, that's a bad way to break a fast, by, by obeying your spiritual enemy. But Jesus didn't allow the enemy to get him focused on the pleasure and the fun of eating and to, to cause him to forget about God's future and his plan for his life. The, the, enemy, the, the enemy was not able to deceive Jesus to buy into that lie. But I want you to, to, to notice what happens with Eve because the enemy used the same technique with her. In Genesis chapter 3 and, and verse number 2, it says, The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, there was no question mark. It was a statement. You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Notice what he says. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, hey, hey, lady, disobey God. There won't be any consequences. Girl, enjoy life. Eat up. But, but the enemy is a, a liar. You see, the devil tries to convince us that today's decisions won't affect our tomorrow's. This temporary pleasure, it won't affect your career. It won't affect your family. It won't affect your life. It won't affect your future. Hey, listen. You can disobey God. Take the money. Have the relationship. Party hard. There won't be any consequences. Eat from that tree that God said not to eat from. But the truth is, when we disobey God today, it impacts our tomorrows. Just ask Adam and Eve. Can I tell you, eating from that tree was the worst decision they ever made. Man, if Adam and Eve were here today, they would say, don't you touch that tree. The temporary pleasure brought about a lot of pain. The enemy deceived us. He made us believe that the temporary pleasure wouldn't have permanent consequences. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. Here's what I want you to understand about your good God is that he is a forgiver. And he forgives us. He forgives us of our sins. He forgives us of our mistakes. He forgives us of, of, of poor decisions. He got, got, I'm so grace, got, grateful that God is a gracious and forgiving God. But, but I, it would be remiss of me not to, not to explain that God being a forgiving God is not the same as 
consequences. Those two are not equal. God's forgiveness doesn't equal that there are no consequences. Listen, Adam and Eve, you'll be forgiven. I'm a forgiving God, but, but your actions, your, your poor decisions in your finances, in your, in your relationships with your, with your health, with your career, with your education, your, your, your poor decisions with your friendship. Listen, there are consequences to those decisions. Just I will forgive you time and time and time again, but the decisions you make today will have an impact, a bearing on your tomorrow. You can eat from that tree. You can touch it. You can do what you want. You won't die. Number two, number two, just, just look at your neighbor and just say, I didn't really need this today, but I'm glad you're here. I, you, you, I'm so glad you came. I know you need this. You better listen to the preacher today. Number two, number two, number two, number two. A second lie the enemy wants us to believe is number two. God is keeping good things from you. God is keeping good things from you. This is another deception of our spiritual enemy. And he uses this all the time to get us to exchange the truth for a lie. I want you to notice this back in the story of Jesus being tempted after 40 days of fasting. And it says in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 8, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I, I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. The devil was trying to deceive Jesus into believing that he didn't already have everything. And yet the Bible teaches in Psalms chapter 24 and verse 1, it says the earth is the Lord's. But the enemy wanted Jesus to think that his heavenly father was withholding good from him. Listen, listen, God's withholding some good things from you. I can give you some things your heavenly father can't give you. He's withholding from you. It was a lie. It was a deception. And he used this same technique with Eve in the book of Genesis. I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 5. The enemy said to her, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God's, God's keeping some things from you. I'm tell, eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You're going to know good and evil. God's keeping some things from you. It says, verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, well, maybe, maybe the, the devil's got something. He knows something about this because, man, that does look good. I think it'll taste good. Pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. The enemy said, listen, God is keeping good things from you. Your eyes will be open. You, listen, go ahead and eat it. You, you don't even know what you're missing out on. Eat it. It'll taste good. Just do it. You'll enjoy it. Come on, has the devil ever talked to you like that? Just do it. Enjoy it. You'll have fun. Listen, you don't know what you're missing out on. And here's what the Bible teaches us in James chapter 1. 
And it begins in such a powerful way in verse 16. Obviously, God inspired, but just, just the wording captivates us. And it says this, do not be deceived. Don't let the devil deceive you when it comes to this area. He says, do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Do not be deceived about what? Verse 17. Every good and perfect gift. Come on, everybody at all of our campuses, everybody say every. Such a key word. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of heavenly lights. It doesn't come down from the father of darkness, the enemy. It comes from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And what the enemy wants to do, he wants to deceive us into believing that he gives good gifts. He wants, to, wants us to believe that, that, that he has some good things to offer us. He gives good gifts. And, and, and the reality is the devil does have a lot of gifts to give. But, but none of them are good. Now, please hear me. Some are fun. Some look good. Some feel good, some taste good, but none of the devil's gifts are good. Hear me, they're, they're a cheap imitation. They're, they're fake. They're, they're temporary. The devil doesn't even know how to give a good gift. All of his gifts come at a high price. They come at a high price. All, when the enemy gives you a gift, it's only to steal, to kill and to destroy you. The devil gives peanuts with the chocolate sucked off. That's what he does. And if we listen to the devil, you know what happens? We listen to the enemy. We end up trading God's best for the devil's worst. And Adam and Eve, they traded perfection and paradise for pain and death. Listen, church, it was a dangerous exchange. They had perfection. They, they had paradise, but, but the sly enemy deceived them. I have a question for you. What lie is the enemy deceiving you into believing? What is he telling you that God is keeping from you and that he has something better to offer you? If I just had, fill in the blank, <laughs> you go ahead and fill it in. If I just had, I'm telling you, I don't know what God's doing. If I just had some more money, if I just had a different job, if, if I just had another car, I got to do things my own way. Because if I just had me a husband, if I had me a wife, if I just had me a girlfriend, a boyfriend, if I could just cash this husband and my wife out and get me another one. If I just had. Then I would be happy. Then I would be, if I just could eat from that tree in the middle of the garden. If I could just have that. Then. Every good and perfect gift comes from our heavenly father the devil does not have any good gifts to give you or me 
Number three is this. There's a third lie. There's a third lie I, I want us to expose today so that we don't exchange the truth for a lie. Number three is you are not who God says you are. You are not who God says you are. It's interesting that when the devil attacked Jesus, two out of the three temptations, he attacked his identity. He came after his identity. Two out of the three temptations, he said these words to Jesus. If you are, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, because listen, I don't think you really are the son of God. Come on, Jesus, you're in this flesh. You're hungry. You're lonely. You're not God, are you? Prove it. Turn those stones into bread. Prove it. Throw yourself down and prove it. Prove it. I don't believe you are. Are you sure that's who you are? And I want you to notice how the enemy uses this same smooth technique with Eve. And he uses it, he uses it against us as well. Notice in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, for God knows, the enemy tells Eve, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And the devil tried to deceive Eve out of her real and true identity. If you eat from that tree, you'll be like God. And, and Adam and Eve fell into the trap. It worked. But can I tell you, the Bible says they were already like God. This is Genesis chapter 3. If you're not familiar with, with the Bible over in Genesis chapter 1, here's what it says about Adam and Eve and humanity. In Genesis 1 verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Adam and Eve were already created in the image of God. But the enemy, the deceiver, shows up and he starts messing with their identity. Listen, if you eat from that tree, then you'll be like God. You're not quite like God yet. God's kind of, you know, God didn't give you all of the story. But if you eat from that tree, I'm telling you, you're going to be like God. You're almost there. But if you'll do this, then you'll be really like God. God just left out that one little part. And the enemy confused them about their identity. And he does the same thing to you and I. You're not really a Christian. Look at you. You're not really saved. You don't really know God. <laughs> Your sins are forgiven. Your, your sins are forgiven. Why would you think that? You can't be free. Look, look, you, look, you can't, you can't change. Look, you've been doing the same old stuff for you. You can't, you can't change. God doesn't love you. Look at you. Look at the family you grew up in. You think God loves you? Why? Why would a holy God love somebody like you? And he starts messing with your identity. He starts messing with your confidence. And I want you to know, listen to me. I want to silence the lies of the evil one. 
God does love you. I want you to hear this today. I don't care what you've done, how many mistakes you've made. God can't love you any more than he loves you right now. There is nothing that you can do or not do to make God not love you or to make him love you more. He loves you. He loves you just like you are. Mistakes and flaws and issues. God loves you. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, your sins will be forgiven. If you've already done that, your sins are forgiven. You're a child of God. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High of God. That, that's who you are. Stop, stop believing the enemy's lies. What, what, what lies is the enemy whispering to you about your identity? You're not good enough. You're a rotten spouse, a rotten dad, a rotten mom. You're a horrible child. You're a loser. One of the things that I've had to fight is my identity. Growing up in a broken home, being abused. I've heard the lies of the enemy. You'll never make anything of your life. You're going to always have that struggle. You, you, you can't, you, listen, you're not getting free from that. You're never going to change. You can't live for God. God can't use you. I don't know why you even think that. You know, the baptism video came up today. You know what some of you feel? I can't get baptized in water. I mean, look at me. I'm worthless. Look at all I've done in my past. I, there's no way. Look at me. And you just feel guilt, and you feel condemnation. You feel unworthy. And you just, man, the enemy just talks you out of stepping in faith towards following Jesus because his lies. You know, we're getting ready to launch our, our small group semester in September. And you know, one of the things that, that just behooves me is, is one of the, the words that makes people cringe is the word leadership because people don't feel like they can be a leader. I start talking about, man, God wants to use you to influence people, that you're a leader. People say, oh, no, I can't be a leader. I can't lead. And, and, and the enemy whispers into our ear, you can't lead. You can't influence people. God can't use you. It's a lie of the enemy. Friends, can I tell you, God wants to use your life. He wants to use you as an influencer. He wants to use you to make a difference in people's lives. If you believe anything else, it's the lie of the enemy. God's created and designed you to make a difference for his kingdom to impact people's lives. That, that's how he wired you. That's how he created you to be a leader, to be an influencer. The Bible says you're called to be salt. You're called to be light. That's how he created you. And yet the enemy whispers in your, your ears, you can't be salt, you can't be light, God can't use you. I want to encourage you, this small group semester, many are going to go to a small group and encourage you to do that. But I want to encourage you, some of you, to step out in faith and lead, to host. Say, God, you're going to use me. Go to the trainings in your bulletin. You, we hand you your bulletin when you, when you got in, so I'm not going to read it to you. I just want you to know that thing is not for you to put bubble, bubble gum in. Come on, somebody. You got to read that thing, all right? All right. 
But the training dates are there. Go to the small group training and say, you know what, I can lead a, a Bible study or I can lead a, a, a bicycle group, a basketball group, a fishing group, a fantasy football group. Whatever you have a passion for, God can use you to, to gather some people, some of your friends, your family, church family, and say, man, and help them take a step in their spiritual journey. God can use you like that. And the enemy wants to mess with our identity. You know what happens when we mess with our, when, he, when, we, when we get our identity confused? We start acting out with wrong behavior. Because how we view ourselves has a major impact on our actions. And some of you are, impact, are acting in the wrong way because you have the wrong view of yourself. And the enemy has been whispering to you, you're not like God. Eat from that tree. Then you'll be like God. He's messing with your identity and he's causing you to exchange the truth. For a lie. But in Jesus' name, we're exposing him today. Come on, somebody's not going to keep eating peanuts with the chocolate sucked off. Come on, somebody. There's victory for you today. There's victory for you today.